0: Real quick, before I get into that, if you're a founder, or you want to be a founder, make, and you're listening to this, and and you're early in the journey, make sure that you start, just, it doesn't even have to be detailed, just write down the key points of what you did each day. What's
1: up, everybody? Armand here, back with another episode. Today's guest, we have Brandon Rogers. He's the founder of Level Sportswear, and formerly, he was a D3 basketball player back in college. He noticed a trend that all sportswear brands are kind of the same thing, just different logos. And so he came up with an entirely different and new way of designing sportswear clothes. Really cool. We talk about it a lot in the show. Uh, one thing he does that's absolutely fascinating, I can't wait to see how it turns out, is he journals every step of the entrepreneurial journey like every day since he started for the past four to five years he's been journaling every day what he does with his company so i can't wait to see what kind of findings he has from that Uh, we talk about the concept of aggressive patience so waiting without just doing nothing because a lot of entrepreneurialism is being patient and waiting for those results to come but you don't want to be nothing don't want to be caught sleeping and we also talk about how he likes to save his notes from the books he reads we talk about so many different things this is a really cool conversation he's a fun guy to talk to and I can't wait to see where he goes uh, if he continues this way I mean, just check out the episode and hear what he has to say thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy the Play Hard podcast
0: work hard, um, what about four you, years? Yeah, um, work I know, hard, yeah, I, so I think
1: we're around hard, the same age work hard, play hard so guy. Yeah. You
0: i went to a small d3 school just outside dc in arlington virginia called marymount university and in high school so like i grew up overseas in japan
1: yeah um yeah, my that's parents i want to talk about for sure we can
0: we can definitely get into that people 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 always like see my face and and hear my accent and don't really get <laughs> how i can don't be assume japan. japan yeah exactly but
1: i'm guessing where are you do you come from a military family
0: no. So that's that's usually where people go too. So there are a lot of military bases overseas uh, and there's like two of the biggest outside of the US are in Japan, but my parents are international teachers. So mm. when they, my, my mom is from Minnesota, dad's from South Dakota and they met in college in Minnesota, both wanted to be teachers, left uh, after college to go teach in Italy stayed there for a few years, then Malaysia for a few years. And that's where I was born. And then when I was a little under two years old, they moved to Tokyo. And so I grew up 17 years in the biggest, biggest city in the world. And my, yeah. it's crazy to think about, cause my dad grew up in like population, a hundred small town, South Dakota. So
1: wow.
0: a little bit different backgrounds there, but it, it was, a, it was a crazy experience. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now I'm wondering, cause you were there for so long. Do you have American citizenship or is that something you're still working on?
0: Yeah. So you can't actually get Japanese citizenship unless you have a Japanese parent. So huh. I could have, they're very strict. They're right. very strict, especially now after the pandemic, yeah. I don't, it's, it's impossible. So, um, but I could have gotten Malaysian citizenship. I just didn't because I've only ever since I left when I was yeah. two, I've been back once just on vacation. So there was really no point in doing it. Um, the only other time that that actually came up was I, I played college basketball And I went on a trip to the Philippines to try and get recruited. I I was more there just for the experience. I was kind of already set on just going to get a job after college. But, you know, it was kind of one of those things where if it happens, it'd be a cool experience to get scouted and maybe play for a year over there. So I did get a look from one of these professional teams in Malaysia. And I come to find out the only reason that they looked, they liked me was because I was born here and I could be considered a local because a lot of international leagues, you can only have two foreigners on yeah. the team. And so I could get Malaysian citizenship and then play as a local. So they could technically have three international players. So yeah, yeah it was, it, that's the only other time that I've considered ever, <laughs> ever applying for Malaysian citizenship. But yeah, I, I have, I have a U.S. passport and everything. So yeah.
1: Cause I was yeah. going to say, if Malaysia won't take you and Japan won't take you
0: and,
1: <laughs> and you weren't born in the U S like, how does that work? No. Um, yeah, Did you at all, random question, but did you at all grow up feeling like this sense of difficulty belonging to one spot? Because I imagine like you grew up around in Japan and like you didn't look like your peers. I'm sure you weren't treated like your peers. Like, was that tough on you at all?
0: So I actually, it's funny you say that because I had a conversation about that with one of my uh, friends who's uh, black and, and was recent with everything going on in the US. And we were talking about it and I was like, Dude, you forget that I, I actually, as a as a white male, I grew up as a minority, which is so weird to think about, yeah. you know, especially in this country now. So that's why I always encourage people, especially in the U.S., to get out as much as you can I and totally travel yeah. and see the world and, and and go somewhere where you're the minority so you can actually experience what it feels like. But then you, I mean different cultures are just insane man and and i
1: will say if you're a minority go somewhere where you're in the majority because it's it's a different feeling as well like anytime i visit family in mexico i'm like even still i'm too gringo to be considered over there (laughs) but at the same time it's like really weird it's strange to like as someone who grew up not looking like the people around me to be somewhere where i i look like a lot of the people there it's just it's just like an interesting paradox yeah yeah. This is uh, definitely a really random... Uh, I started the episode a lot of different ways. I can't say this <laughs> is one of them, but I really like it. Um, so for the listener, this is Brandon Rogers. He's the founder of Levels Sportswear. Am I saying it? Levels, right?
0: Yep, yep. That's right.
1: Okay. At first, I thought it was like like LVLS, like the Super Bowl Roman numerals or something like that, until <laughs> until I was like checking out your site, and I was like, oh, it's Levels. Of yep, yep. Yeah, so founder of Level Sportswear. Um, which is really fascinating. So you started this pretty recently, uh, around a little bit before the pandemic, was it?
0: Yeah, it actually, so I had the idea for it, uh, while I was traveling, um, for a a previous company that I worked for. But, uh, when the pandemic hit, I was stuck at home, couldn't travel anymore. Essentially my main job function was shut down. So,
1: um,
0: I, I went back to Minnesota. My parents have a lake house there. I'm just chilling for six months. And that's where I got to work and started planning the the business, planning the the product lines that we would offer, differentiate, finding key ways to differentiate it from every other sportswear company out there, because there are a ton, especially there nowadays. Ton. Everyone's yeah. everyone's throwing a logo on a t shirt and calling it a sportswear company so yeah yeah, sportswear
1: in general i Mm -hmm. yeah sorry um real quick not to cut you off i i worked for tjx my first job out of college so i'm familiar i had had friends in the sportswear departments of like marshalls or tj maxx yeah i was in home goods but my friends who were doing that and i would always walk through the mix with them and it was fascinating to see how many different brands and logos there were for somewhat like honestly the same looking stuff, the same material or the same looking shirt.
0: Yeah. And that was the main, that was the main thing that I wanted, I had to do differently. Right. Cause you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not an influencer. I don't have this massive following where I can just come out with a a pair a set of hoodies or joggers or leggings or socks or whatever. Right. And it takes off. I had to really find a way to differentiate the brand and the products. And so going back to like your initial question, yeah, it started in 2019. And we can like if you want, we can get into the prototyping process, because that was a crazy I'm
1: I'm really curious, yeah.
0: Crazy story. So fortunately enough for me, um I I I don't have a fashion background, don't have any experience in entrepreneurship. I graduated college in twenty nineteen, so I've I've been out for only was it four years now. So uh, and I started, the, I started the brand when I was 23, so two years out of college. Um, and So with no experience and, and no idea of who to reach out to, no mentors or anything, I was fortunate because one of the more popular majors at the college I went to at Marymount University is fashion merchandising. And so I actually had a lot of friends who had gone on to work you know, at, at some pretty significant yeah. fashion brands in New York. And so I reached out to them. And told them what I was trying to do, and they thought it was a cool idea, and they gave me some pointers here and there. Long story short, I went through manufacturers in Pakistan, Australia, the U.S., uh, India, China, Sri Lanka. And lo and behold, finally, one of, one of my friends told me about a blog uh, that had a lot of resources for sourcing overseas, sourcing apparel. And so I, I went on the blog and I, I was reading a bunch of articles and I noticed that the same company was posting a lot about sourcing, you know, your first line or doing it cheap first for the first time overseas. And so i reached out to them and got on a call and they, you know, signed me as a client and it was relatively cheap initially, you know, I, I had reached out to a lot of agencies that did something similar and yeah. they quoted me at like 22 grand And as a, as a recent college graduate that, you know, I don't have the money to throw at something You're like, like an that's idea a semester. Exactly. Right. So college loans got to come first. So, yeah, um, definitely. but they, they quoted me at a more reasonable price. And so I said, okay, let's do it. And so they were able to find a manufacturer in Sri Lanka that helped me with the prototyping process. And we went through, I didn't even realize cause I was so green to everything. I didn't realize how long it would take. It took about six months for us to just get through the first prototype because the concept of the product was so new to them even though, you know, you can just say it's tights, but cut a leg off. They, they didn't understand why. And so it was half trying to convey the, the purpose and half trying to, you know, iron out the material, the stitching patterns, yeah. the even all the way down to like the heat press tag. Right. So.
1: Did it cost process, extra for that? Like yes. The fact that you changed it up on them.
0: Yeah. So the, well, the thing that costs extra, um, obviously the materials, depending on what you want to go with, um, But the thing that actually costs extra is the custom waistband, which was surprising to me, right? Because at least with the factory that I was working with, a custom waistband, you have to purchase it in a minimum length. And it was, I can't remember what it was, but it was something like 500 yards of just this giant roll of like the, with the Levels logo branded into this elastic waistband. And so like little things like that were just learning points for me along the way, right? And I had to pay for that in bulk. So Tons of learning curves. Finally, that product arrives, or that that prototype arrives, and I'm like, "All right, awesome! Let's move to bulk production." Minimum order quantities were like 200 at the time, so I placed the order. They arrive in two boxes. I'm ecstatic. I'm already—I don't even have a website yet. I'm just, you know, putting them on some of the athletes I trained because I worked for a basketball recruiting agency. Yeah. Taking pictures. Then I built out the the, the free Shopify site, right, as everyone does. Um and then my first order came in and I just started freaking out because it was someone that I didn't know from across the country and they had found the brand on TikTok and we can get into like content in a little bit but that was just surreal to me. So then I built out the website. The first one was pretty terrible. Come to find out the factory I had been working with is was closing down for good because of COVID. So I had to go through the entire oh, prototyping no, yeah. process all over again with a new factory in uh, a, a, a different country in China, right so yeah, another setback of you know I had yeah. the, the two hundred units and those sold out really quick, but it was just from scratch all over again so
1: real quick pause right here so something mm-hmm. i w- I was curious about that you do, and I think this is fucking fantastic that you do this, <laughs> and that's that you've been journaling and keeping track of your entire entrepreneurial journey since day one dude this is something that like I really like I I'll tell you us after about this like really cool video idea I have, but for this, okay. I think that's fascinating. So how did you, well, I guess first question is, did you use that journal to then like find the mistakes from your first sourcing and do that for the second one? Like, and then how did yeah. that happen? Like, what did you notice? What, what's been the outcome of journaling everything?
0: Yeah. So if Real quick, before I get into that, if you're a founder or you want to be a founder, make and you're listening to this and, and you're early in the journey, make sure that you start just it doesn't even have to be detailed. Just write down the key points of what you did each day. And if you forget, make sure, you know, like you have a calendar of stuff that you did. Go back. Look at that. That's what I do. I use Google Calendar for everything um, and, and just journal and just journal it out. And it doesn't have to be detailed, right? Just bullet points if you want to. That's how I started out. And now... I just use the notes app on my phone, voice voice to text, right? And just talk and make sure that you you, you uh get all the details out.
1: That's a good one. Have you heard of Otter AI?
0: I have not. I'm gonna it's, look that uh, up.
1: It, it's like um it's you speak into it and then it transcripts your entire conversation and it's it's okay. really helpful. I highly recommend. Yeah, yeah we can talk definitely. about that after. Um, okay. but yeah, so you were you were journaling everything, keeping track. So excellent so, yeah. tip, love that.
0: Yep. And, and, and you know how on, uh, I don't know, Snapchat and sometimes Facebook, it shows you like memories from the year before, five years before. That's the other really cool thing about journaling is sometimes when I'm feeling really down about something going wrong with the business, I'll just scroll back a year ago and just laugh at how far that I've come. And it's such a, it's such a motivational aspect and it's, it's, it's like the smallest thing, but it makes such a big difference. And you're like, Okay. A year ago, I was there. I'll be fine. We'll keep going. So yeah,
1: I bet it puts your problems into perspective.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, going back to your question though, I did learn a lot and, and what's cool though, is I was able to detail that process out so much that I eventually was able to contact other manufacturers and not have to use the sourcing company and not have to pay them for their design and, you know, prototyping services um and I also at the same time was teaching myself the Adobe Suite. So like Photoshop, Illustrator, Premiere Pro, After Effects, all of the content that I like I make in Photoshop on our Instagram and you know, TikTok is on my on my own. After Effects, our logo animation, if you go on our, our website on desktop, that's an After Effects. So I used Illustrator to essentially copy the tech packs that they would make. And I remembered and I had my notes from the journal of all of the details and all of the processes that we had gone through with that initial factory and so when I came out with the uh, our Ace compression shirts or asymmetrical compression shirts that was with a totally different factory as well so and that was without the sourcing company that was all on my own which saved me a tremendous expense you yeah. know when I'm trying to save all of that capital for inventory so 100% recommend journaling. And I actually, I'm working on a side project right now that's an app that's going to be designed for for founders that incorporates this type of feature, um, which I, I, I can't talk too much about right now because it hasn't launched yet, but I'm hoping to make some some inroads in that later this yeah, year. Yeah, that's I'm, exciting. i will hit you up about what,
1: that. Oh, I'm very interested. So I've spoken many, many times on the show about how I'm a daily journaler. I think mm-hmm. it's one of the most important habits you can have. Um. What? So, do you journal, uh, separate from this, or is this like your your source of writing mainly?
0: Uh, like do I journal outside of just levels content yes. stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's funny you say that because the majority of what I do after hours is levels. So, like my journal would essentially be ninety percent levels processes that and, and stuff. Ten yeah. percent of like personal stuff. Um, I. I'm not big into, uh, like, like handwritten journaling. Like if people buy the, the, the little stationary stuff to journal in, I'm more, I'm more get in, get out, you know, record it, be done with it. It's, it's just kind of like there for me to, as a resource in the future. So, you know, it's, it's funny you say that, like, I really should start from a personal standpoint of just like outside of the levels in my full-time job, um, doing that. And, uh, it makes me smile because I like, what do you use any apps for your journaling or do you like write it out? Like what's your, I write
1: it out handwritten and I've been doing that. I think I have a journal back from definitely long before 2018. The ones that I still keep, I have since 2018. I'm not, it's, it hasn't been daily since it's probably been daily since 2020, but I, it's the same exact thing you're mentioning with the business can be applied to personal life in the sense that you can always look back. And one thing that's really interesting is when you look back, one of two things will happen when you're, when we're talking about mistakes, you'll either see a previous mistake where you're like, wow, uh, that's no longer anything in my life. Like I don't even think about this. Or you'll see a mistake that's still there. And you still think about from years in the past. And you're Mm -hmm. like that, that gives you this big perspective of like, Oh, this is, You know, what can we do to change this or is this something that can be changed or is this one of those things that like will be a part of who I am and I just have to learn to treat it or greet it with like more uh, greet this problem as a friend rather than like oh this is a problem going on. But like awareness is important. It's really like it's fun to see. Uh, yeah, I could go on, dude. I I love journaling. But I I'm, I'm a big fan of writing, whether it's um yep. I wish I did it handwritten more, but on my personal journal, I do it every day, but it's just like one page.
0: Yeah. So the other the other cool thing that uh you know, I I kind of want you to think about though is the long-term effect, right? So the reason the whole reason I started journaling and just, you know, transcribing my daily doings is what I call it uh is is you know, 10 years from now, I will have a literal blueprint of how to start a sportswear company. And, and it's, you know, there's so much fluff out there. I, I, there, there's so many great resources. Like I just signed up for masterclass and I've been, I've been watching some masterclass videos and they're great. They're great. Um, but they're very high level. So I just watched one on Mark Jacobs. Um, uh, and, uh, what's his name? the founder of, uh, Reddit
1: Alex Serena Ohanian, Ohanian.
0: Yep. Um, and oh, they're, they're, yeah, they're incredible, but they, it's like three hours to five hours and they can only go so deep. Right. So imagine though the flip side of that, right. You can, you can read a book or listen to someone's yeah. transcriptions that are a literal blueprint of every step, every mistake that they took. And a lot of times people see that and just think, Oh, I can copy that. But that's not the point. The point is understand and, and internalize like the processes that they did and the mistakes that they made, but then mold it into something that fits you, your personality, your creativity, your business, your brand, your product, whatever. That's, that's what I'm really trying to get at when, you know, 10, 20 years from now I can write my autobiography and have that literal blueprint for people to use as a resource. Dude, I, I like really-
1: that. I really like that idea of molding it as well. Cause like uh, there's one thing I think it would be like an important thing is sifting between what works period. Like what just works and what worked for me, like what was a part exactly. of my journey and what, and I think it's super important to when you write things down, you're able to distinguish between that a lot easier. Um, and then you can also compare notes with other people. So the the idea I had that I mentioned, I think this would be so cool. I think I talked about that on the show before is uh, have you ever seen Drive to Survive?
0: I've heard of it. I don't think I've ever it's seen like it. It's
1: like that Formula 1 documentary on Netflix and it follows the season of the drivers and how like intensely dramatic it is, but what makes it so good and dramatic is like it's it's not just like it's not just reality TV. It's like an actual season of these race car drivers. Like they're not mm-hmm. even trying to be dramatic. They're just like they're they're racing against each other and that's competitive right uh, So w- one idea I've had is a documentary styled kind of like that, but following one founder from like let's say his seed raise up until you know maybe whatever wherever his journey takes him, maybe he goes public maybe or he or she like wh- whatever they do, just like following five, ten years of a of a founder, but like they do video, check-ins with themselves every day like that was like the main part of the idea of having this and you can kind of like dramatize or whatever story i think real life's way more fascinating than anything we could come up with like yeah. this actual stuff is so entertaining but then you could also learn from this person's story i think that so, was so much fun
0: so that 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 reminded me of two things one uh it's kind of like you know gary v gary Vaynerchuk. yeah, yeah. he has d-rock who's his personal videographer So that's, that's like the exact concept that we're going for, but more so long form content, probably less on like TikTok and reels, but literally from, from day one of the founder's journey until like the IPO or the sale or whatever, that'd be such a great documentary, you know, whatever, whatever they want to turn it into. I, I completely agree. I actually, I have so many like different business ideas as I build all the different brands that I, that I, I am building and, and the different projects. And one of them was to create some form of a marketing agency that did just that where you could contract out you know videographers that were that specialized in that type of content I think if Yeah. Steal that. If you're listening to this and you want to if you want to build something go for it. That's a that's a fantastic idea. Me too cuz so, I
1: I say that cuz I'd love yeah. to watch that show but I don't have the time nor money to produce it. That's not my job. Like that's exactly. not my path in life. If it was I'd totally pursue it but Yeah. Sometimes yeah, sometimes I've noticed like the entrepreneurs who are scared of ideas getting stolen it's like i'm okay with my ideas getting out there because i'm like i don't know if it was if this was something i really wanted to do like i'd i'd probably drop everything and do it but if not mm-hmm. it's something i'd like to see but i i don't have the time or reason like i have my own things in play that being yeah. said now that i say that like so i've been writing a book and there are certain times where I'm like, well, I don't want people to know this part of the book. Like, I'm still trying to keep it to myself because you post something out there on the internet and you start seeing that content float around and you're like, I wonder, like, did they take that from me or not? You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other, the other thing that I was going to say is, have you ever heard of the podcast startup? No, I think it's, I think it's just called start. They might've rebranded. I think they turned into Gimlet media. But if you go back and just, if you go on Spotify, our podcast and look up startup, The founder of, I think it was Gimlet Media, um, did just what you're talking about, but in podcast form. So he was building the media company, and he any chance he got, he would record whatever he did for that day, whatever it was impactful. And I'm talking everything from getting roasted by a mentor or an investor, all the way to like talking with his wife. You know, so there's all different types of content that you can produce along those lines of that, like daily doings, daily documentary style. And I think it's, if you, if you're a founder, like that's what I did. I've, I've archived the posts on, on the levels, Instagram account since then. But if you, uh, you know, if I, if you go back to like 2019, when I was first starting out, that's the type of content that I posted initially was the process of me going through the, 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 all the different prototypes and the samples and communications with the factory. And yeah. I actually got up to a couple hundred followers just from doing that. And then when I rebranded it to be more polished, you know, sportswear content, I already had all those followers and then it just, it just helped amplify from the beginning, which was great. How do you feel you've
1: like, what would you say are some of the bigger things that you've learned In those past four years, not, I'm not talking like tactically, like in the, the actual business of it, but like you as an entrepreneur, as a founder, as a person, like what have you learned through those four years?
0: Hands down. I've got asked this a lot. Hands down. The biggest thing that I learned was patience. So you can listen to my
1: least favorite word.
0: It sucks, man. It sucks so much, but you have to have it. If you're going to be, if you're going to be a founder, Especially if you're gonna be a founder that's building physical products that take a long time, and the biggest thing especially like I read
1: this supply chain
0: oh man oh i like i had I had bulk orders especially during the heat of the pandemic, held up when there was that you know blockade yeah. at the border of trying to get all the ships in so i I fully understand like I read, I thought I was so prepared. I read books on entrepreneurship, successful founders, listened to every podcast I could get my hands on, anything, YouTube videos, right? And everyone talked about patience, but you don't ever understand it until you have to experience it for yourself. Because I I knew that the products that I was coming out with, I knew that our our capstone uh, men's and women's single leg tights were going to sell because NBA players were literally cutting their compression gear with scissors all the way down to like middle schoolers I trained. And they still do. Go look at Jason Tatum's Instagram account. You can see his tights are cut with scissors. And I knew that the product would solve a problem. And it was just stuck at the border. And I I was waiting probably... That initial order was probably like a, a month to a month and a half of shipments. And even throughout the prototyping process, I'm seeing... You know, knockoffs come up on Amazon and Walmart and I'm just, you know, it just it can't wait until it gets here. And so patience is the biggest thing because if you can, you know, stop, take a deep breath and figure out what else you can work on while you're waiting for whatever it is, your yeah. the product, the, the, the app to be built, find other ways to get ready so that when that hits, you can just go. So the, some of the things that I did was, uh, and this is kind of a, uh, a secret of mine, but I, uh, reached out to a lot of professional athletes and didn't get any responses, right? You slide in DMS, no matter who it is, you're not going to get a response, right? They're all locked down. But if you want to get your product in the hands of Your intended the ultimate audience, right? So for my sportswear brand, it's professional athletes, especially in the NBA, NFL, and now MLB with our compression shirts. But, um, you have to find alternate, you know, secondary tertiary connections to those people that you can slide them the product and see if they're willing to to hand it off. So one of the best things that I did, this is a great story was, uh, I reached out to a lot of photographers who were the personal photographers for professional athletes. So Brad Hampton, who's Jason Tatum's yeah. professional, or personal photographer, uh, even trainers too. Austin Stewart, who, uh, runs Swishology, is a training, a training company in, in, uh, Virginia here. He knows, uh, Javante green and a lot of guys in the Chicago bulls. So I have photos now mm-hmm. of Javante green and like some other guys in the Chicago bulls wearing, our gear because I was able to develop the relationship while I was waiting for the product to arrive with his trainer. Then I gave him, I, the trainer knew me well at that point. I was like, Hey, can I get, you know, this on Javante? And he was like, absolutely. So, and with that, you know, all those other connections start to develop. Um, so really trying to find ways, be patient, but while you're being patient, try to find ways to still be productive is the biggest thing.
1: that That is beautiful what you just said. I think it was Patrick Bat David, the one that talks about this concept of, I can't remember if he calls it active or aggressive patience, but I like the aggressive patience. So that sounds cool. Yeah. So, but like this concept of like, yes, you have to be patient, but that doesn't mean you do nothing. He mm-hmm. said like, find other things that's going to move the needle. Like whatever's the, if the biggest thing that's going to get you sales is number one, having the product, well, you're waiting on the product. So what's the next biggest thing you're going to have to do sales? And it seems like you went, all right, let's do marketing. Let's do like find people who can, uh, make this brand, like attach it to their image as well. One thing that I'm curious about and wondering is, is there a functionality to the asymmetry or is that, um, is that like an aesthetic thing?
0: Yeah. So I'm glad you say that because we, I I recently ran a poll on our, uh, social media channels just to see why, why our customers purchased. And it actually came back that 60% of them, 64% purchased because of the fashion and the style, the statement that it, that it helps them show off or highlight. And, you know, I'd say about 25% purchased it for a medical purpose or for the functionality. And the 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 rest was other. And I, I didn't ask what, what that was, but I was mainly concerned between the fashion and the functionality yeah. because those are our two main selling points. And one of the interesting stories about that is I originally built the company and, and the initial products because I thought that it would be a fashion statement. Little did I know that, you know, I was sitting at home uh, last Christmas, I think Christmas of 2022. And I get a phone call from a woman and she's uh, she has a genetic disease uh, for her right leg that forces her to have to wear a knee brace. And she purchased a knee brace from this large you know medical technology company who I won't name, but they provide a really, really crappy leg bra- or uh, leg sleeve that comes with it. And she calls me, and she almost sounds desperate, like, I've been looking for a product like this for my whole life. And wow. everybody, yeah, it was crazy. Cause I, I, I originally just thought it was for the fashion statement. I thought yeah. kids that were cool trying to wear it. She's like, you should really start to market this for people that need some extra comfort and functionality under knee braces. And now with the ACE compression shirts for like arm braces, elbow braces. And so that wasn't even something that I initially had thought about, but Dude, the I product, you were
1: chomping at the bits when she said that took,
0: yeah, it took a, it took a, it took a mind of its own. And so that's, that's, what's so cool is, Now I've roped into a lot of our marketing, the functionality aspect, because to be honest, leg sleeves and arm sleeves suck. They're very cool, right? The shooting sleeve will never die. Allen Iverson Iverson made certain of that. But if you're looking for a more functional product, right? If you're a a baseball player that wears a t-shirt, right? Why why even worry about the shooting sleeve when wearing a t-shirt over an ace compression shirt shows the exact same style, right? In a more functional manner. And yeah. if you watch even the NFL nowadays, you'll see guys like Patrick Mahomes, Andy Dalton. Um, oh, who was the other one? Geno Smith. They wear compression shirts under their football pads with a shooting sleeve. And they try to, if you watch them every time, after every play, they're always, you know, readjusting it. And so I'm, I, I'm doing whatever I can to try and promote the fact that all of these not only serve a fashionable purpose but they're also very functional and they're the far more functional alternative than leg sleeves and arm sleeves.
1: Yeah. That's Yeah, that's fascinating. I look back to like the times where I played sports in lacrosse and I used to wear um just like knee bands, not like a full sleeve, which is like yep. those those knee bands. I would wear two on my left knee. Zero medical or yep. functional <laughs> purpose, purely for the swag. But at the same time there's something to be said that like when you feel like you look sick, you play better. You oh, yeah. just like act better. You're just like it, there is. I think when I finished asking that question, I was like, in some ways, aesthetics is functionality because they kind of like it, it's just like a little boost to your playing style in a way.
0: Yeah, and and don't get me wrong. Like if you're a, if you're an athlete that likes the the leg sleeve look or the arm sleeve shooting sleeve look, feel free you know, I've written blog posts about this. We're not trying to coerce people into purchasing a product that's not their style. Like if, yeah, if you want to wear the, the, a shooting sleeve to look cool, like Russell Westbrook's two shooting sleeves can't have a medical purpose, but it just looks good. It's his, it's his signature style now feel free. Definitely. But if you're, if you're an athlete that wants the same style, but doesn't have to worry, doesn't want to worry about like apparel malfunctions in game or having to constantly readjust it or you know you cut your compression tights and now they're yeah. coming unraveled because there's no <laughs> seam down there, then give give a give our products a look. But yeah I, I mean I, I was never one to wear shooting sleeves or leg sleeves. I would wear just your typical full-length compression tights for the most of my career. Um but yeah if if you're if you're looking for a more functional product or you're looking for the same style and not having to ruin your old compression gear with, with scissors. Give us a look. Yeah, definitely. So I want to get into
1: talking about your habits and your routine. But first question I have is, do you have any habits from your college balling days that have carried
0: on over? So it's,
1: is anything from like that?
0: It's funny you say that because that's where I was going to start with my habits. So all my life, I have been a heavy, long, deep sleeper and I, growing up, there was some, some weekends I would sleep until one or two in the afternoon and it was, it was ridiculous. I would wake up and, you know, being an immature kid, I, I would stay up that night because I couldn't sleep because I didn't get up early and you know, so it's a a, it's a downward cycle. So I get to college and my college coach is very strict on, like we had two, two hour to two and a half hour practices, they were so tough that I would have to go to the training room 30 minutes before go hit an ice bath after to be able to walk (laughs) the next day. Right. So, and I did that for four years. He was also an early riser. And so he wanted all of us to get in and get practice done with before our classes in the morning. So through the 4 years of waking up for i think it was 5:30 6 a.m. practice i you know inadvertently developed that incredible habit and i th- i can't thank him enough at the time i hated his guts initially <laughs> for doing it but i can't thank cool him enough. enough because now i i have my alarm every day regardless of you know during the week weekends maybe sleep in until like seven thirty eight, but i wake up at 6:50 every day get to the gym at seven 15, 7. 20, get an hour and a half workout in, uh, always like to end with core and cardio, depending on what day it is. And then come home, shower. Um, as of recently, as of this year, I've been trying to fast until noon, um, just to get rid of that, that last little bit of belly fat, you know, seeing how it's, and it's actually working out pretty well for me. So it's, 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 it's been tough, but, um, it's been a big mental game. Uh, but Shower, then, uh, you know, get ready for work, have a morning call, standing call for work and then get yeah. started on work and have lunch, have a pretty big lunch and a, and a pretty big dinner. But that's, that's b- mainly been my habit and my routine every morning for, since graduation. Yeah.
1: Damn. So you've been consistent with it too. And it's, it's, um, have you tried throwing a wrench in that and like adding different things or taking away? Have you experimented or has this been like, you know, this works, you're sticking with it sort of deal?
0: Yeah. So I'm the type of person that actually hates routine, even though I do it so consistently because I've found that when I'm in a routine, days go by faster and I don't want days to go by some days, obviously they suck and you want to get through them. But most days, I want to take my time. I want to enjoy life. I want to, you know, appreciate the moment and just be happy and 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 get outside for a little bit, right? But I've found that the more you ingrain yourself into a routine, the faster the days go. So any chance I get where I can provide a little spice of something new to the routine, it always makes me smile and makes me feel good. That yeah, you know, that's something to remember for this day, right? So of course, I, I always try to, you know, if I have to go get groceries in the morning. I do that. If some days I've tried to uh you know I wake up and I'm sick, can't go I don't want to go work out. I always feel a lot worse in the afternoon. So I've tried to completely rework that morning routine, but I found I'm way less functional in the in the in the in the, in the late mornings, late evenings, all the way to late evenings as far as like my work and productivity. So I've tried to keep it consistent. But yeah, any chance I get where I can just throw in something, something small into that routine, it makes it, makes a big difference. Shake it up. Yeah, exactly.
1: Maybe, maybe a couple bullet points in a journal on a personal journal.
0: Yep. There (laughs) you go. Something to try. I'm going to get started on that.
1: Dude, I'm going to get started on the business one. I think one that would really help me is honestly for this podcast. Is that something that I could really journal? I've been doing it. Yeah. I've been doing about a year now, like pretty close to a year. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's kind of crazy, um, <laughs> but it's to think Congrats. like there. Are, thank you. There are so many changes. It's so many things to be aware of, and like things that I've gotten better at. Things that I could probably work on, and I think journaling is such a fantastic way of. Just like getting that all out on paper, Sometimes, dude. My notes app is littered as like with oh. with the whatever the notes app equivalent of like crumbled up pieces of paper and stitched yeah. all over the wall. Like I just got, I want to organize it all in one place.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've actually spent a few weekends recently dedicating an hour or two just to going to clean up the old thought dumps that I had for the yeah. brand way back when. And again, I just laugh at what I was thinking back then. But the Do other you thing find that find any
1: I, nuggets in there. Did you find anything like? Damn, I should do this. Like that was. That was
0: it's not so idea. much. It's not so much a nugget. It's more reassuring that I was on the right track. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean yeah. 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 So I know what
1: you mean.
0: That's a big thing. The other thing that I would mention, though, to get the the best results, uh, even for your listeners too, if you do decide to start journaling, don't just journal do about. Don't just. we well, do it. Yes. Don't just journal about what you did. Journal about what you're what you're thinking about as well. So if you have like a concept in your mind for even like a framework, even, a, even a mindset, right, you're, you're, you're journaling about what you're thinking about at that time, because those as well are going to come back and maybe provide a nugget, like you said, or reinforce what you're thinking yeah. a year from now. So don't, don't just, don't do it. Just the hard facts of the day, do concepts, do ideas, do you know, Dude, I wholeheartedly thoughts. agree. Yeah,
1: hundred yeah, percent. I I I'd, so I would sometimes go back and reread journals a, a good bit. I've been doing that a lot more recently, um, and I got that idea from The Artist's Way. I don't know if you've ever heard of this book, have you?
0: I have not, but I have a big list of books yeah. on my on my on another notes app on my phone. Yeah, The Artist's <laughs> Way.
1: It's it's by Julia Cameron. Um, okay. And it's, it's more of, like, for creatives. I got put onto it by m- my brother, who's a musician. But the really cool thing about this book is there are just many different sections on how to unlock your creativity or, like, how to get rid of the, the voice inside your head that kind of, like, it tries to protect you, but it also kind of deters you from doing certain things. She calls it the censor. And mm-hmm. then there's this one concept where, for us, part of this is called the morning pages. So every day you write either a certain amount of pages or certain period of time. And you just dump anything on your brain. The only rules you're not allowed to stop writing, but you can write anything. Even if the words are, I don't want to write repeated over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. She says, do this for that period of time, whatever. At some point it's like a 12. If the book is like each chapter is supposed to be one week and you do these like exercises fun that they got like solo dates called artist dates to express your creativity. So like you take yourself out on a date, like things like that. In cool. one part, it goes to what you do when you reread your journal. So she's like, All right, go to the beginning and start reading, and you take one highlighter to highlight action, things that you said you would do or should be doing. So take note of that. And the other one was insights, like when mm-hmm. reading back, are you like what kind of insights do you have in your own head? So I've been trying to do that every once in a while, and I've noticed when you write down ideas for yourself. Whether that idea is right for you at that time or not is irrelevant because when you go back and reread your journal, and that's why I think it's so great you do that. I think it's important for anyone who journals to at least take a one one look, even if it's like just take just reread your journals because you'll find stuff for you today that was written by you years ago. And, I, and that's like it's so cool and profound when you're able to like dig that up.
0: Yeah, 100%. Couldn't couldn't agree more. I'm a big fan of uh, Seth Godin as well, and he talks about the lizard brain. Have you ever read? Yeah, him? yeah. yeah reminded me of the same thing. He wh- one of my favorite books is uh, Lynchpin by Seth Godin, and it's when you're journaling, you know, if there's a nugget from a book as well, throw that in if it's applicable. There's so many times where yes, yeah. I, I take notes, you know, on the on the notes app on my phone. Again, even when I'm reading like good to great. I see that right behind you. I've read that as well. I got notes Excellent. and and anytime there's something that sparks, you know, you think, Oh, that's, that's incredible. That's a bar. I'm going to save that for later. Right. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Like, so, and, and I always try to find ways to apply it to what I'm doing, whether it's in my, you know, my full-time job, whether it's in my projects on the side or anything, the brand for all, like always write down because I, I feel like I have short-term memory loss. It's so easy for me to forget things. When it's on my phone, it's so much easier to go, oh, yeah, that's the mindset I was in at this point in time. And this is what I was thinking about. Let's go back and figure out how we can flush that out a little bit more. Yeah, so Yeah,
1: I totally agree. And onto the creativity topic, like being a founder is a creative act. You're creating something for the world. You're making something Mm -hmm. new. And creativity shows up when you allow the space for it to be there, like your brain knows if you are someone who is tends to be forgetful, which I totally feel you on that, <laughs> but you write everything down. Like I have physically, there's sticky notes next to my desk, but then m- for the most part, I'm going to use my phone. The fact that I know that I'll write up ideas on my phone, ideas come anywhere, anytime. And like, now that I know that this is where I collect them, I just feel more comfortable having
0: ideas. It's yeah. like,
1: I don't know if you feel the same way, but
0: yeah, I, I originally started with a little tiny physical paper and it actually started because I was drafting workouts for the basketball players that I was training for that day. That's how I got the paper. I yeah. think my old boss gave it to me and I used to leave it by my nightstand when I would sleep. And I can't tell you how many times I would wake up in the middle of the night with what I thought at the time was just this groundbreaking idea for a business or a product, right, and would write it down. Next morning, I would wake up, totally forget about it, go look at that note right. That I left myself and throughout the day, I'd be thinking about it even more and I'd be able to flush it out and figure out, okay, if I really wanted to create this product, where could I source it? Who would I, who's the target yeah. market? What's the, what's the, 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 the vision for the company? What's the problem it solves? So it's hundred percent. If, if, if you know that you lack something, a, a, an important feature, like having a, a good memory, yeah. find ways, <laughs> find ways to make that Easier for you. Yeah,
1: it's a self-awareness thing. Exactly. I I definitely have short-term... Well, I really like this quote, and I'll pass it on to you. It's, uh, the problem with taking mental notes is that the ink fades quickly. (laughs) I like that. That's why I like to write things down. My memory is good in conversations. Like, when I talk to people, I feel Mm -hmm. like I can bring up the most random, wild conversations we've had. But I think... I don't know, dude. Talking is just my thing. Like That's kind of why I have this. I, it's my favorite thing in the world, um, is having new conversations, but onto, so you mentioned the lizard brain. That's so great. My friend group, we have lizard brain kind of like as a meme of whenever you're doing something ridiculous. Oh, my lizard brain was acting. Up. So it. like I can't hear that unless, and like not laugh, shout out the boys. <laughs> um, but yeah, what, uh, so what are some of the things I'm guessing you still play basketball, but what are some of the things that you like to do for fun? um when you're just relaxing or taking time away from work
0: yeah so in college it was probably video games was a, was a pretty relaxing mind numbing exercise now now i probably turn on my xbox maybe once a month which is i think a good thing cuz i'm just so busy with thing, yeah. with other stuff you know um i love to get outdoors i work remote so i'm staring at a laptop and a monitor for the majority of the day. Any chance I get I'm outside going hiking, uh, mountain, mountain biking. Um, I don't know if you know what a one wheel is, but I'm a big one wheel fan. It's like, it's like a skateboard with a giant wheel in the middle of it.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'm a big fan I'm a big fan. Um, I am from Minnesota. So naturally I love to fish. I go fishing once a year just to unplug kind of like the Bill Gates week away to go read. That's yeah. my, that's my week away to just go unplug. Um, and thankfully I have a girlfriend that can fulfill orders while I'm gone, which is great. But, <laughs> that's um, yeah, so from like a, a relaxing standpoint though, any chance I get, I'm listening to podcasts, reading books on entrepreneurship. I'm just an entrepreneurship nerd. I don't know what sparked my interest in it, my senior year of college, but I think I devoted the majority of my, uh, competitive drive for basketball. Now that my career is over, I had to find something. And so now I've just fully dove headfirst into businesses. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been awesome. So, um, and then like I love movies. I love TV shows. Just finished the season finale of The Last of Us, which was fantastic. I don't know if you watched that on HBO, but it's awesome.
1: Haven't seen it yet? Looks really good. Heard yeah.
0: Many things. Game of Thrones. Love Game of Thrones. Uh, the Office. Love The Office. Stuff like that. So finding finding different ways to relax, definitely. But number one is get outside. Get outside get first.
1: Outside. I yeah. love the fishing thing, dude. Uh, a week to unwind. How long have you been doing
0: that? So my grandfather has some, a military buddy that lives up in Canada. And we try to do it once a summer for like three to seven days. And we'll, I'll fly back to my parents' lake house. We'll pack up the truck with fishing poles, lure, like everything, clothes, food, um, drive up North, cross the border, go stay at uh, his buddy's house. And he's, uh, Paved, not paved, I guess he's chopped ways, small paths that we can take four wheelers and pull like little dinghy with nine, nine motor boats through the Canadian wilderness to lakes that no one's ever fished before. And it's, it's just amazing. Like that's that's ruined. That's ruined. Those trips have ruined fishing anywhere else for me because the the fish are massive and there's just so many of them because the lake has never been fished before. So you drop in a line and you got, you know, a 22 inch walleye or a 35 inch Northern. It's just, it's amazing, but great time to like unplug no, no cell service, which is awesome and catch up with my grandfather, learn from him, talk to my dad and my little brother. And sometimes my mom and sister go as well. So I'm trying to get some friends to come with me soon, but um it'll be it'll be a, a pretty a pretty big culture shock for them up there. I think they've never yeah. never been anywhere with no cell service before.
1: That's pretty fantastic. That's really cool on so this is your your grandpa's friend.
0: Yeah, No mil, old military buddy. Yeah.
1: Okay. I think I think the really fascinating thing is um I don't, dude, I this must be like an old guy thing to like you know the concept of of planting a tree knowing that you'll never like sleep in the shade kind of thing just yep. like planting these moments for yep. yourself or like your family to come like that chopping down of of these beaten off the beaten path to get to these river, like that takes some really that's a lot of dedication and some really sick foresight to be like this is going to be really cool and worth all the work and i think that's yeah. something to be said that that's kind of like entrepreneurship as a whole is like a lot of boring days where you're just chopping wood, but thinking about like, what's it going to be like to fish in this
0: lake? It's a great analogy. And, and to give him even more credit, some of these trails are five miles long. So it must've taken weeks for him to, and I'm not saying he's cutting trees down. He's just, he's just shaving limbs so that you can drive a four wheeler through. Yeah. So it's, it's, and, and and we don't
1: promote destruction of wilderness. Exactly,
0: we're we're all here. To save the bees, plant some trees. Definitely, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, but it, get it outside. is he, and get outside. Number one, get outside. Uh, <laughs> he's he's been so smart though because the the trails that he's made are on like relatively busy roads, but he doesn't uh, chop them down by the road. So you kind of have to clear the brush. So you don't know that they're there and then you'll hit it and just five miles, of just such a, such an awesome experience. So, yeah, yeah. But I, I, we did fly in, we did a fly in one year and that was another crazy, like a, like with the water plane and everything. And yeah. they take you to a lodge that you're the only one on the lake and you're the only one within a hundred miles. So bring See, some, I didn't.
1: I didn't grow up around that, so I thought that was fly fishing. <laughs> and oh, I found yeah. out that's just fishing in a river,
0: yep, yep, yeah. I've never been fly fishing. I would love to try that. It looks really hard, yeah. but yeah, no give me a give me a give me a, a small dinghy and a and a reel and lure and i'll I'll be straight for figure it out yeah a, a week, yeah, just just relax for a little bit. It's, it's necessary, yeah. even for mental health, it's so necessary.
1: I agree, dude, something about unplugging. It's super, uh, yeah, I think, I just think, um, so much could be said about how often I'm on my phone and I feel like oh yeah, everybody else, man, <laughs> like we're so, and it, the thing itself sometimes changes. That's what I've noticed. You could be addicted to the notifications on social media. Mm-hmm. You could be addicted to email. Like you could be addicted to so many different things, but they're all done for the focus of taking away our attention. Like, I, I remember I was watching this documentary on Netflix that was on, uh, what is it, The Social Dilemma? Have you seen that?
0: Great, great documentary. Great yeah.
1: documentary. And it was talking about, I think at one point they mentioned how Google was like, yeah, we were trying to make our, like, Gmail, something as simple as email, like, super addictive. Not in the addictive sense, but in the sense that, like, you wanted to stay on their platform. That's their goal is to keep you there uh and I noticed, yeah no, I'm the type of person that needs to get to inbox zero um for better or worse
0: oh yeah yeah i'm 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 a self diagnosed o c d uh high heavy o c d individual, so definitely if I get a notification like the little the little red yeah. one on the like i gotta i gotta clear it at least, so that's been that's been the biggest thing for me, you know, um yeah, definitely, unplug. For if if the first thing that you do is wake up and and roll over and look at your phone, try to find a way to.
1: Oh yeah, definitely, definitely don't do that.
0: Yeah, try to find a way to 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 start the morning a little bit fresher than that. Definitely.
1: Yeah, dude. If there's one thing I've noticed in all my studying of habits, hobbies, and like all these interviews talking to so many people, like research, it's don't get on your phone the first thing you wake up. Like, oh yeah, that's if I could part people with one piece of advice, it'd be that. And drink yep. more water. That's a big one for some reason.
0: Yeah, water's a big one. You know, it's, as an athlete, you don't really think about it because... Because
1: you're just drinking it all the time. Exactly. Right? And then
0: uh, you, you start working a desk job and it's like, man.
1: Why did, why is my head hurting all the <laughs> time?
0: <laughs> yeah, I always try to have a water bottle like next to yeah. me on the desk. And, you know, there's, uh, my girlfriend, I don't know when, when the trend started, but uh, a few months ago there was the trend of, uh, trying to drink, what was it? Three was it three gallons a day or something like a gallon a day for ten days straight, something like that. And so, I, I figured out that I had to drink four of my water bottle containers to yeah. equate whatever it was. And you know, it was cr- I was going to the bathroom every ten minutes. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. People don't realize.
1: That's I, that's very true.
0: There was always Mine. that. It was always that myth, you know, of, of your your urine has to be white for it for you to be uh, hydrated. But I'm like, man, if if that's the goal here, I'm gonna have to go to the bathroom like every thirty seconds of the day. So there's find a happy medium with drinking water, but definitely, definitely don't definitely yeah, don't. Yeah, I would say commit. there's
1: like definitely for your weight, size, and gender, there's a specific like amount that's healthy. Yeah. normal. I noticed for me, I wasn't drinking enough water because the size of my bottle wasn't like i just had a normal size water bottle so i got one of the 64 ounce ones and now dude i fucking lug this thing around everywhere it's kind of a hassle and my girlfriend roasts me all the time but (laughs) it's uh it's really helped drinking water like honestly if you have a bigger bottle you'll drink more water like it's just less refills it's simple as that and um yeah that'd be my tip for anyone trying to drink more water
0: i'll retweet that i'll retweet that (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> All right, dude, it's time for our uh, closing questions. So you kind of touched upon some of them, uh, but they're just rapid fire to get to know you a little more. So what kind of music
0: do you listen to? Ooh, okay. I'm I'm an open book for music other than, you know, heavy metal, probably not my, not my yeah. go-to. I love, it, and it depends on the situation too. I'm kind of weird in that I always am looking for ways to, multitask and fu- and like, but multitask with self-education and learn more. Yeah. So the reason I said I'm weird is because I actually listen to podcasts while I work out. Most people can't,
1: oh, I do that. I do
0: that. Okay. The most, most of my friends are like, dude, how do you do that? I would have, I need to listen to like rap music or hip hop or, you know, EDM. It's
1: strangely motivating. I yeah. I do listen to music. It really depends on my mood, but when I'm in a like, if I'm going to the gym in the morning and, like, I'm in business mode, like, I'm in I'm about to k- crush this day mode, I definitely want to have podcasts because mm-hmm. it's kind of like mental – it's almost like a mental exercise, like, fueling that kind of mindset because you're learning something or thinking about something. If I go to the gym and I'm just – or if I go for a run, I'm not doing that. A run, I'm yeah. going to definitely listen to music.
0: Yeah, that's a little tougher. I still remember the day that I was working out uh, in my parents' basement and my dad comes down. He's like, dude, are you listening? to a podcast right now <laughs> while you work out? And I was like, yeah, you don't do that. He's like, I don't think anyone does that.
1: I thought it was a common thing, dude. You, I didn't. You're bringing news to me. I had no idea. This yeah. Was so, I just, so alien.
0: Well, so, th- so going back to your original question though, I guess if I'm not listening to podcasts, I would probably say EDM while working out, you know, trying to get, trying to get going, maybe some hip hop, throwing some hip hop there. Um, and then country driving down. Yeah. A country road in minnesota you got to right we we, got to. we just went to nashville so that's that's a great scene huge and then my dad was a big acdc led zeppelin fan growing up Classic so i got rock, yeah. i got all of that on car rides with stuff. him with the old with cds and all that stuff cassette yeah. tapes so I'm, a, I'm i'm wide open for music yeah
1: yeah that's awesome uh, yeah uh, back on to this podcasting because i'm not over it uh, I feel <laughs> like, it. I feel like I listen to music more than I listen to podcasts, but the gym is when I do my podcast listening.
0: So do you, do you use Spotify or Apple podcasts?
1: Uh, I use Spotify.
0: So you and get it you... wrapped, right? You get the wrapped. Yeah. I got my wrapped and I think, I can't remember what the exact numbers was, but my podcast was almost double my music. Oh yeah. No, not, even which before. is, which is. Which shocked me. I thought I was listening to music a decent amount, but apparently, <laughs> if you <laughs> if you get a workout in for an hour every day, and that's a podcast, that's so it yeah. can it can yeah. add up. Yeah,
1: it'll add up. Yeah. Uh, so, what kind of movie or TV shows are you watching? Recommend to people? That was the one you kind of touched on.
0: Yeah. So, TV shows. I, I love sci-fi. So, I, I, I Westworld was fantastic.
1: Westworld was a fantastic show. I totally agree. I only really got to like season one, and then halfway through season two, but. What oh your man thoughts on like the remainder seasons of that Was it good? so
0: I would highly recommend going back because i don't I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but uh it's a different scene in season three and four than one and two so they're 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 i guess I'll spoiler alert, but they're no longer in the park the the hosts get out of the park, so
1: I did know that,
0: but i I just I, you know, what's so crazy about sci-fi that I just, I can't, I love so much is, is it, it's almost as if they're foreshadowing different aspects of our future, you know? And I yeah. love, I, I love, you'd say that. I love technology. So I love, cool. you know, all this stuff that's going on. I work in SEO. So chat GPT is a big deal right now. And mm. so AI Westworld, perfect application for that of like yeah. the, the worst case scenario. So I love stuff like that. Um, on the complete opposite side, though, I like The Office for a more h- humorous sense. Um, Game of Thrones, like I said, was is fantastic. I love shows like that where you can really uh, watch the characters grow and develop over time. And I love shows that don't uh, that have a bunch of different storylines, and they're always uh, setting them up to eventually cross in different ways in the future and the characters don't know but you know so like game of thrones is a perfect example of
1: that's that's exactly what i was thinking when you said that i was like game of thrones for sure i saw that for the first time last year like all of it all of it i've never seen it i had made it through the hype i'd made it through the spoilers the hatred of season eight (laughs) i made it through all of that and then i was finally like i'm gonna give it a try and holy shit was it yeah as good as they said and more
0: yeah, I even I even watched like if you can go YouTube the making of some of the episodes with like the dragon, oh
1: that'd be sick spraying
0: yeah. people you know it like how they made each episode is is insane. Big fan of Avatar too, like not you the TV know the
1: show or the movies the the movies like how
0: they made Avatar because oh, it's just like
1: the, yeah.
0: I listened to a few podcasts um, on the original you know the original movie and they were genuinely trying to they were inventing technology for the for the sole purpose of using it in the movie to make the cgi in the movie even more advanced it's just it was insane I, i'm a What'd big what did you think fan.
1: of the recent one did you watch that so I, I i haven't seen it for the record so
0: okay so i i won't spoil it but well i guess borderline it's i thought it was okay. i thought it was the same plot in water
1: <laughs> all right
0: That's the (laughs) best, that's the easiest way I can say it. So like, yeah, it was great. It's beautiful. Like the CGI is just insane. Whoever the, whoever the, the, the graphic designers. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Like if you just hit pause on the movie and look what's happening in the background, there's just so much color. There's so much going on. It must've, that's why essentially the movie took so long to make is because all of that external stuff goes, you know, it's so detailed. So the, in that regard, loved it. The plot, I thought, could have been a little bit different from the first movie. But yeah, I'm curious because they already have, I think, three, four, and five planned. So they're going to be making more. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. But so then movies, I guess, oh, I would say, have you seen Now You See Me?
1: Yes, yeah. With the magicians, yeah, I like that one. A big lot. fan of
0: that. I love, I love movies like Interstellar, Inception, The Arrival, um, Cloverfield, Paradox, sci-fi stuff like that is, yeah. is big for me. Yeah.
1: Dude, Inception's one of the best movies. I, love, <laughs> I love, that love it. Movie. Yeah. Yeah, Interstellar too. Both was the. Did Hans Zimmer do both of those for? He did interscoring. I know he did interstellar.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know, about I don't know about, I haven't seen inception in a while. I should go watch that. That's a great movie.
1: Yeah. It was Hans Zimmer. He did, he did inception. Yeah. Yeah. It was Hans Zimmer, Christopher Nolan. What an iconic duo. Yeah. They got to keep
0: pumping out. Yeah. Pumping out I was talking about <laughs> it with
1: another guest, the, the duo of Spielberg and John Williams.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh huh. He did a lot of the sound for his movies, but then he, yeah, I just, I don't know. I think I I have a very musical background so I really like okay. it fascinates me how much of the tone of a movie is determined by the soundtrack in the back. Like if you really break it down like like how you feel emotionally based on a scene can vary. You could see the exact same scene with different background sounds and just perceive it entirely differently.
0: Yeah, and even like even looking at famous movies and series throughout history like the soundtrack if you hear the soundtrack you think immediately of that like star wars immediately comes to mind exactly what i was thinking yeah yeah star wars and uh even transformers transformers has a great soundtrack um yeah it's avatar i think has a great soundtrack there's there's i could go on it's it adds so much it's amazing
1: agreed what kind of books are you reading
0: Oh, a lot. Do you, want me to go, do you want me to go through my list? Yeah, yeah, I'm down. All right, let's pull it up. I Maybe, the, maybe the mo-
1: like uh, two back and two front, the ones that you've just finished and ones that you're looking forward to.
0: Okay. Um, let's do books that I have read. Um, Everything is Obvious by Duncan Watts. How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie. Everyone, I think everyone knows that one. Yep, Indistractable by Nir Ayal. I think is how you say that. Um, Henry and Edsel, the Henry Ford and Edsel Ford, by Richard Back.
1: Ooh, that sounds interesting.
0: Um, some of my best though. My my number one book. If if any if any founders out there, entrepreneurs are listening to this. My number one book that you should go read is Start. Or, um, yeah. Start with why by Simon Sinek. Yeah. Number one book. And then Lynchpin by Seth Godin or anything by Seth Godin really. And then anything by, uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Such yeah. incredible yeah. authors. Malcolm Gladwell has
1: such a good style of getting you hooked in and just like sucking you in and just keeping you there. Like yeah. I remember when I read the bomber mafia, I, couldn't put that book down like there was something so addictive about the way he wrote it Mm -hmm. was like fascinating um yeah highly recommend uh, Malcolm Gladwell
0: he's such he's such a good writer when it comes to incorporating different stories into his overall you know hypothesis or message with the book yes it's it, that makes it so much better. Like if you scroll through my notes on some of his books, it's pretty much like he's got some one-liners that are amazing, but it's pretty much the stories and how he uses the stories to back his point throughout the novel. So like outliers, incredible. It's just like, yeah. I, it, it's, how do you
1: take notes for books?
0: Notes on my phone. And you it's, just like
1: write what you,
0: what no,
1: resonates or what you mm, liked.
0: No. So not a lot of people know about this. Well, maybe they do. I'm just new to it. But if you go on the notes app on your phone and you click to type, you can click on the camera and then there's a button that comes up that says scan text. Yeah. yeah. And then it just scans the text. And so I, that's how I like, if I want to take a, take notes on like a full <laughs> page or a full paragraph, I'll just scan it and then it's in there and it's, that's clever. it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Last question. Last but not least, where can people find you and your company and your merch?
0: So best way to probably reach out to me would be, um, Instagram. Uh, I, I think I'm public on Instagram. It's B Rogers one, one, one B R O G E R S. Um, if you have any questions for me personally, feel free to reach out. I'm always four ones, three ones, one, three one, ones. one, one. Yep. Um, uh, if if you're a founder or not like a a, a soon to be founder looking to get into uh the apparel space or even if you just have a question feel free to reach out i'm i'm always answering uh people that reach out especially with the brand too um and then the brand is levels sportswear on all social media channels we're on twitter tiktok yeah. is our number one um instagram facebook lvls sportswear and that's our website too levelsportswear.com so excellent
1: thanks for coming on the show brandon
0: yeah i appreciate it thanks for having me
1: anytime see you later man
0: take it easy